Hello everyone and welcome to episode 28 of the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror adjacent films you can stream on the internet. I'm your host, Rachel, and joining me is uh, the podcast host I created out of my own mind and pain, aka Mars. You know what's funny is that that could be true. How do people know you just can't do two voices? <laughs> That's true, right? And, and there's no video to this. Yeah. There's no proof you came here and saw the cemetery I live in, which also sounds like the story you would make up for the imaginary person that you've been talking with. And the only reason I'm saying it now is because it's a cry for help. Someone help me. (laughs) (laughs) I created Black Mars. She lives in a cemetery and I do a podcast with her, I promise. (laughs) Mercy Black, Mars Black. Hmm, Coincidence? Mm. I think not. (laughs) So yeah, anyway, today we're going to be reviewing a little movie called Mercy Black. Um, It is a movie that has Janine Garofalo in it and does absolutely nothing with her for some reason. It was baffling. That was a baffling moment. Right? Like, did she have some, like, IRS situation? Like, or did she, all of her stuff get cut? I don't understand. Or is it, like, her nephew directed the, you know? Yeah, like, ding, ding, like... ding. <laughs> I think Owen Edgerton might be her nephew. <laughs> but before we get started into that, because we will definitely have some feelings on the subject, Mars, can you do me a solid and remind the listeners of our spoiler policy? We're going to spoil everything. So this is your chance to get out now if you haven't watched it but feel like you want to um because we're gonna spoil the end which is that i am mercy black (laughs) that makes so much sense Mm -hmm. it all makes sense now (laughs) i did dig a grave 48 hours ago it was a bird grave but it was still (laughs) i had this amazing like you know when you have those moments where you feel like oh my god i could be in a movie like this right now and I don't know why I did this because um, I always complain about it in movies when women who are like trained like soldiers or understand the situation they're going into don't tie their hair back because that just seems like why would you go into that situation f- free flowing hair? You should know better. So I'm out th- and it was like the first day that the heat wave broke. So Ugh. it was really kind of overcast and cloudy. And I was out there with w- untied back hair, just blowing in the wind, digging a grave. And I was like, like <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I feel very in my element right now. <laughs> Oh, and then I realized that, I mean, while technically not a pet cemetery, okay, so, I mean, back up. So I find a number of dead birds, not, like, frequently, but enough that there's a part of the yard that is just the bird cemetery. For a minute, I I thought you meant, like, you found a number at once. Oh, no. I was like, that's end times. We have entered into the apocalypse. (laughs) That's a different story. Okay. (laughs) No, I just periodically i find a dead bird so i bury it but it's happened enough times that there's now a section that's just the bit the dead bird cemetery it's baby gardens or what? birdie gardens yeah kind of <laughs> anyway um so i was digging this most recent bird grave and i realized like i mean they're not pets and this is not indian ancient indian burial ground but i am burying a number of animals in relatively shallow graves because the soil is really rocky which then reminded me yeah. that, and I haven't Pet seen cemetery. I haven't seen the new one, but in the old, in the original, there's that line where he's like talking about how you can't dig the graves deep because no. the soil's too rocky. Yes, I'm, I'm literally listening to that audiobook right now, <laughs> and so he said that I was like, oh god, it's like the stony ground in the pet yep. cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, Mars, look at you! You're starting. You are the originator of the pet cemetery. Oh my god, you I am. Make... I'm an origin story. <laughs> you need to start making little gravestones for the birds. 
I do because I mean I remember where they each are now because you don't want to come across a past grave right that would just be really That's upsetting grim. yeah so right now I kind of remember where they are but I, sh- I I actually do need to start marking them otherwise I'm you know especially now you got all a... those chickadees right now yep Ooh, grim yeah. grim yep okay <laughs> <laughs> So, Mars, warm-up question. We're going to be talking about a movie that's kind of about urban legends, kind of. Um, Modern urban legends, I guess you could say. And I was wondering about, as a kid, what urban legend you most believed in. Or if there was one that was maybe, like, a local urban legend that um, maybe it's not, not, you know, like, not Bloody Mary, but, like, something that's, like, if you have a local urban legend. Hmm. I don't know. I there's okay. I have there's like a little tickle in the back of my mind that tells me that there was one, but I can't think of what it might have been. I mean, I know that there's like you know those things where it's like oh, if you drive this certain road at night, you'll see the ghost of of a man or whatever. We had uh-huh. a few things like that that as a teenager we tried to go find, but of course never saw anything. But I think the for some reason the Fleshing a goldfish and having it turn giant in the sewers always scared me. I don't know why. It's not like I traversed <laughs> the sewers. It's not like I was in any danger of ever coming across. And also, what happens when you come across a giant goldfish? It's just a giant goldfish. You know, it's not like... But in my head, it had, like, evolved, like, you know, darkness, blind eyes, and teeth somehow. I don't know. I don't know why this freaked me out. Actually, I do know why this freaked me out so bad. Why did it freak you out so bad? My brother won a goldfish at the fair. Okay. And you know how those goldfish only live a couple of days for some reason? Because the fair goldfish are not very They're not healthy. a hardy species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he went at the fair, and it lived for years. And it Whoa. got so big. Because we didn't understand, we didn't know that goldfish will keep growing if you yeah. give them the space. So we kept just putting it in a bigger tank, and so it would get really big. It got really big. And then he was buying other goldfish, and the big goldfish would eat them. Yeah. And we didn't know that would happen either. So when they would like look at it and there's no other fish in there. And then the big goldfish burped up a bit of tail and spine. No. Yeah. 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 So that's when my, and my brother was pretty young at the time. So this was not a place. Like he started putting a sheet over it at night because he didn't want it to watch him sleep because it was in his room. <laughs> and then it got really old. Like it was beyond the lifespan of an average goldfish, especially one that came from the fair. And it got stuck to the f- the f- water filter, oh, and God. it sucked off the scales on one side of its body and all the webbing on one of the side fins. Oh, my God. So it could only swim these weird lopsided circles because there was no fin on the other side, basically, right? Oh, and it sucked one of its eyes out of the socket. <gasps> so this eye is just kind of dangling. It was a zombie. It was not a goldfish. <laughs> yeah, well, here's the thing. The thing died several times, but every time we tried to scoop it out, all of a sudden it would jiggle and start swimming away. But it was, like, floating, you know, belly up, and, like, this eye you was hanging out. a zombie fish. So I go to college. My brother at this point has had this fish for, like, five years. I go to college. I come back to visit. I see the tank in the garage, and I was like, oh, thank God that thing is finally dead. So I find my brother, who is, he's, I think he was 14, 13 or 14 at the time. And I was like, oh, the goldfish finally died. And he just looks at me and he goes, no, I flushed it anyway. Oh, <laughs> like, my God. 
And I was like, oh my god, are you serious? And he goes, I couldn't do it anymore. I just couldn't look at it anymore. But then I realized I flushed it alive and I'm afraid to use that bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, it's going to be like ghost shark. Only ghost ghost fish. Oh no. Yeah. Oh wow, that's troubling. Yeah. That's that's the only So now I I have this horrible image of this one-eyed goldfish just lurking in sewers who has a taste for its own kind and a vendetta against people. Oh my god, that's horrifying, Mars. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. my urban legend I thought was gonna be good, but not compared to your zombie goldfish. Um when I was growing up, we had a local urban legend. It was the teddy bear tree. Have you ever heard of the teddy bear tree? No, but I'm already scared of it. So it was this tree that was supposedly, there was a serial killer that hunted children, a local serial killer that hunted children, and every time he killed a child, he would hang a teddy bear in this tree. Oh my god. So like I heard it like all my life or whatever, and then you get old enough to get in a car, <gasps> and uh, we're like, let's go find the teddy bear tree. So we drive out to, it's like kind of out by Sonol, like out in the middle of nowhere between Pleasanton and Sonol. I don't know if you know any idea where that is. But the point is, it's very like hilly, backwoodsy, not a lot out there. And we're, you know, we're like, oh, we're going to go find the teddy bear tree. Thinking, there's no way we're going to find the teddy bear tree. It's an urban legend. Girl, we found the teddy bear tree. Oh my god. So we pull up, we see this thing, and it's got, like, we see this tree, and it's like full of like gray, like masses, and then also like bright colors. And it's this tree with literally hundreds of stuffed animals tied to it. Oh my god! And like some of them have been there for a really long time, so they're like water, like like water stained or rotting. And but there were still some new, fresh ones in oh. the tree as well. It was the scariest fucking thing I've ever seen. And it's like I understand probably it's people, yes. yeah, you know, to feed the the herb, but it's still that is unnerving. But that there is- was something about it that made me like really uncomfortable and like later on as i've you know like learned more about other things like you learn about things like tulpas or even stuff like this mercy black movie where like the idea and the belief in something creates it yeah so like that feeling of oppressive evil at that place was obviously just like probably teenagers adding to it but like eventually like you put enough energy into something potentially you could create something Oh, that's but, so scary. Isn't that crazy? I could not believe when I saw the, I like, usually you hear about like, oh, the woman in white. Like I live near a canyon where the woman in white was supposedly hanging out all the time. Never saw the broad. But like, so I did not think, or like we went to the old VA, which is like this, how this old uh, veterans hospital that was abandoned up in the, up in the, like I lived in one country. It was like way, way down into the, like you had to go past all the vineyards and, um, like, it was really creepy because you had to, like, jump a fence and you had to not get caught by the military people that were down there. Um, but it was, like, also, like, a fort. Like, used to be a tuberculosis ward. So it's, oh like, so to be super, super haunted. And it's creepy. But it's creepy in that you're, like, somewhere desolate and, like, there's, like, this decaying building. And, like, people yeah. have done all this, like, satanic graffiti on it and stuff. But, like, there was something about seeing the teddy bear tree that was scarier than, like, any of that shit. Oh, my God. Yours is better than mine. Mine no, doesn't even make not, sense. No, mine just had a good story. No, yours is just, like, ugh. When you said the eye came out, I was like, oh. I mean, I do still think about it every every single time I sit on a toilet. 
I think about that goldfish. <laughs> yeah, yours has some longevity. Mine, like, I don't really think about it until we start thinking about urban legends. And I'm like, God damn, that fucking teddy bear tree. It's been 22 years, Rachel. It's been 22 years and I cannot sit on a toilet without thinking <laughs> about the goldfish. <laughs> Have you ever tried to go back and see Hell no. But I should. I wonder if I could find it again. All right, next time you're in town, we're going to go on a teddy bear tree hunt. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll take some pictures oh my god no we won't because we'll see things in those developed pictures later that were not there when we oh took my the god, picture the you're first time so right you know i did just go out to the john day fossil beds a couple weeks ago and there was a tree that had that was just covered in bras and then a few miles later a tree that was covered in underwear so similar but not not the same not as scary this is just people <laughs> who think it's funny to put underwear in trees. Okay, I'm not seeing it when I Google it. I'll have to do some more. I'll have to go and deep dive into the dark web and see if I can find anything about the damn teddy bear tree. I mean, you're going to have to go to a library and look at, like, archival right? news I'm like, reels. Take me to your microfiche reader. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, cool. So, enough about urban legends. Let's talk about Mercy Black. So, I picked this movie. This is my fault. Uh, and I picked it because... <laughs> I picked it because it was something that showed up, uh, like, always. There are things that kind of just, like, show up in your Netflix queue, and you're like, oh, I wonder. And then I saw it was, like, Bloomhouse. I'm like, oh, they make some good stuff. It's hit and miss with them. But, like, it's a legitimate production company. Mm-hmm. And then I started reading that it was actually somewhat based on the Slenderman stuff. But not just not just Slenderman himself, but, like, like the real-life crime that took place around mm-hmm. Slenderman. I don't know if you saw the documentary about it. I did, yeah. Okay, so that documentary blew my mind. I was totally shook. I thought it was really interesting. It goes into, like, that whole, like, uh, what is it, folie do that we learned about way yeah. back. And so when I saw that that's what this was about, I was like, oh, okay, I'm curious about this. It didn't make it to theaters, which is kind of a sign that maybe there's some problems with this movie. But, like, the source material is interesting. And I kind of want to see, like, a, you know, a fictionalized version of this. Like, what, because I think the concept is so interesting. Like, you could actually make a really cool movie about this. So, right. um, so that's why I picked it. And we'll see how we feel about it. So, Mars, would you mind doing the synopsis for us? Sure. Uh, so it starts out already creepy because it's these three girls walking across uh, a field chanting the itsy bitsy spider song together and i don't know it's nursery rhymes so easily become scary yeah especially ones about spiders yeah yeah um anyway and we're given little bits to little little images to show that something they murdered a girl out in the woods right and then we cut to marina who's in a child psychology ward talking to Janine Garofalo about, you know, anyway, we learn that she's going to stay at this ward and that she uh, mentions Mercy Black and that, you know, she's told this story or whatever. Um, cut to, what is it, 10 years? A number sure. of years. Several, several years, years later. later when Marina's an adult. <laughs> she's an adult. She's still living in this home. Um, Janine Garofalo lets her know that she's going to go home because she thinks it would be good for her. And uh, Marina is reluctant, but goes anyway. She goes to live with her sister, whose name I do not remember. It is Alice. Alice. And Alice's son, Bryce. Mm -hmm. See the subtitles. They kind of, they're kind of working for me. (laughs) Um, anyway, so Marina's, you know, she's having trouble fitting back in with the family. Alice has told Bryce that Marina was at art college 
in another country and that's why he's never met her um alice has a a moment in a bathtub where she starts hallucinating but it's like you know bad dream stuff scary things that to me was actually the scariest moment when the finger goes through her hair and touches her face so i was like ah okay i see what kind of movie this is yeah but they never really do anything like that again that yeah you get that one what was that the uh, 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 movie why can't i think of the name of it the grudge yes you get like a one the grudge moment because you know it's like when she's in the shower and there's the hand in oh, her yeah, hair yeah. it's mm-hmm. like that i like that you knew what i was talking about yeah. <laughs> i'm glad that we speak the same short like hand on that mm-hmm. yeah. um and so i was kind of into that visual and that but they never really revisit it yeah uh, there's also i'm just gonna say it right now there are flashbacks to what happened to them when they were little girls interspersed throughout the movie i'm not gonna remember exactly where they go so it doesn't matter I i'll think just really, save them for the end where yeah, we summarize what the they end. did yeah, yeah yeah um so then marina starts little things start happening she starts seeing doors opening and closing slowly you know and and hands kind of you know i don't know she sees stuff that's happening she general meets, spooky doings yeah 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 uh she meets alice's sketchy boyfriend who Oof. is sketchy right off the bat and he's like like kind of like clearance rack um matthew mcconaughey from true detective yeah 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 he uh and he she finds out that he's like really into true crime and is and this was where I was already getting the red flag of like, oh, he's only dating Alice because she's Marina's sister and he's obsessed yeah. with this story or whatever. And, it, it, you know, she doesn't really want to talk about it, but he super does. And he keeps trying to get her to talk about it. And he lets her know that since, it, you know, this incident happened, the Mercy Black thing's gotten huge and it's become this giant story and there are copycat crimes and all this stuff. But, um, you know, Marina, even though I understand she was in a child psychology ward and she's lived there for a long time it's baffling to me that she was unaware of the internet like yeah completely you know like there's a part where she's asking for a newspaper to find a a job and bryce the 10 year old has to show her how to use the internet and well, it's not the even internet her being existed like, 10 years ago yeah but she's looking <laughs> at it not like oh this is where you find jobs now i've never had to look for a job i didn't know that she's looking at it like what is this piece of wizardry no exactly it makes no like the internet existed when she and was that a ward kid. had computers. There's no way they ran that ward without computers and without the internet. You know, right. like this this movie. I don't know if it takes place in the year it was made, but it was made like what 2017, 2018, something. Uh, 2019. Oh, even better. So, <laughs> there's yeah. no way that she's just like the what? I mean, like I I see why they made that decision because like they want to get into this idea of of like how the internet operates as like taking something like an idea and taking it viral and like giving giving life to something through the virality of the internet like i get why the problem is is it strains credulity too far like it it makes our main character real real dumb in a way that does not serve her as a character yeah like the writing got ahead of the characterization a little too much Mm -hmm. yeah the plotting not the writing the plotting um so then, so we get a scene where Bryce is in the local library, and the librarian is helping him. He wants to look up Mercy Black because he heard his aunt mention it, but he doesn't know anything about it. So the librarian, who we are getting the sense they they're very familiar with each other. You know, Bryce spends a lot of time in the library. This librarian knows him very well. She helps him to a computer. They start looking up Mercy Black, and it's all this like you know 
really violent stuff that maybe a 10-year-old shouldn't be looking at necessarily, especially given the nature of this, you know, this idea being that these kids have read this thing and that's how it went viral as kids reading about this thing and spreading it to more kids. Yeah. So she... Red flag. Uh, is kind of like ushers him away and is like, maybe we shouldn't be looking at this anymore, but um, the seed has been planted in Bryce's mind and he's... He does look more later, you know, what? anyway. Um, we get a scene where Marina's home alone and her sister kind of jokingly like you could sand some stairs if you're bored so she's standing stairs and will shows up because he's a creep super creep creep. super creep and i just it was just one of those moments where he comes in and he's like oh sorry you know the a normal person would have been like i heard you in here but you didn't hear me and the door was open so sorry i came in but i wanted to talk to you whatever but what he says is Oh, sorry, I knocked, albeit lightly. And I'm like, Why? like the creep factor, it's like he he was like lost a bet and he had to be as creepy as possible. It's like it's like it very I mean, it makes it very obvious he wanted to get into the house without her knowing he was there until he was already in the house. Because right? but why would you admit that? Right. Why would you want why to lead be like, with that? Don't open with I'm a fucking creep. Yeah, right? Oh my god. So they have a conversation. He's trying to convince her to go on like talk shows and talk about it, and she doesn't want to, and then she's trying to get him to leave, and then he does some really creepy like thigh brushing, you know, yeah. and she swings around because he's he, you know he's touching her and she doesn't she's trying to get him to leave and she sands his knuckles which is great i was like yeah yeah just as uh alice and bryce get home and i was really scared we were gonna get one of those scenes it, okay it really bothers me when characters have information and they pointedly don't sh- it's like those scenes yeah. in rom-coms where like the the girl is like i saw you with another woman but that other woman is his sister that she's never yes. met and instead of him being like she's my sister he's just like no hang on you don't understand i'm gonna take the job in chicago i'm leaving tonight no right. but there's something you don't know and like all those words you I used yeah when you could have just screamed out it was my sister yeah you know and so this i was afraid we were gonna get one of those where alice is like what were you doing with him and the sister being like no it's not what you think you know like i was really afraid we're gonna get one of those scenes and i'm really glad we didn't yeah alice does yell at him and tell him to get you know off her property he tries to kick her dog which would have been like oh yeah no now you're definitely you're definitely out of here even though you didn't (laughs) you may not have actually kicked the dog but the intention was there yeah and yeah you have been convicted of intent to kick dog. You gotta yep. go. Now you gotta yep. kick rocks. Yep. Scram. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so that, you know, they go back in the house. We cut to later that evening. And this was, again, when I was afraid we were going to get that conversation. I'm glad we didn't. Um, Alice goes out to take the trash out. Hears a mysterious noise in the shed. Obviously goes to check it out. Nothing there. Turns back around. The dumpster falls down. And I was watching this by myself. And, like, as a joke, I was like, oh, my God, what if Will was in there? Like, I'm hiding in your dumpster. And then <laughs> and then she turned around and went, oh, shit. No, it's going to be the dog. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah. So yeah. it's the dog. Now, I've reached the point now, the minute they introduce a dog in a movie, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Like, honestly, screenwriters, stop killing the dog. It's now such a trope that, like, basically all you do is count down to dog death. That's why they made that website, Does the Dog Die? Yeah. Like because it's which by uh, the way I'm like totally that person like sneaks off in the movie theater and like looks does the animal die <laughs> oh yeah the dog 
it's revealed. 100%. I just have to be prepared. It can't come out of nowhere. And spoiler alert, the dog always dies. I know. Like, with the exception of John Wick, you're not allowed to kill the dogs anymore. Like, it's just (laughs) boring. It's like, it's not a good, it's not an effective trope. Like, every single movie has it enough already with the killing of the dog. It's worse when you see a cat because you know the cat because they're small is going to end up somewhere really And alarming. because people are shitty about cats, like with yeah. the dog they'll probably try to do it a little bit kinder, but with the cat like there's never like they they don't have the same level of like respect for the when a cat dies. Like I don't yeah. know. Like I always feel like it's nastier. It is. It's usually more smashy. Oh. Whereas the dogs usually just find them and yeah. it's like I hate it. I hate yeah. it. Can we just be done with this as a trope? We can add it to the list. Filmmakers, be the change you want to see in the world. Stop killing animals in your (laughs) movies. It doesn't make the movie scarier. It just makes, like, a part of it depressing as shit. I know. And icky. (sighs) Yeah. And then I just keep seeing it for hours afterward and not in, like, a, ooh, that movie was impactful, but just, like, ugh. Sorry, that rant over. (laughs) So they find the dog body. Alice runs off to confront Will because she believes Will did it. Bryce and Marina have some more conversations about Mercy Black and Marina trying to be like, it wasn't real and this is what I do when I'm scared of stuff that's, you know, whatever conversations. Ellis gets to Will's house. Will has no idea what she's talking about. Alice leaves. So (laughs) (laughs) here's the thing I should have probably mentioned. The last time I watched this movie was a week ago and I did not refresh myself on it. So... This is kind of based on. Honestly, off this of... is fair because uh, this movie, like, there's the opening act that explains it. Then it basically stalls out for the middle where we just have a lot of the same scene over and over again. Yeah. And then we get kind of the final act. Like, there's a couple of other standout moments, but, like, there's a lot of, like, is it real? Is it not real? There was a creepy sound. Was yeah. that Mercy Black or was it she, is she, you know, like, having schizophrenia, schizophrenia issues again? Yeah. So we get a scene with Bryce waking up in the middle of the night and he's hearing sounds and he looks under his bed and there's a bag of dead crows that has been referenced in in a previous flashback of of a previous one of Marina's previous flashbacks. He, you know, does his breathing exercise and looks again and it's gone. So he lays back down. But then Mercy Black is in the, the air vent looking down at him. So he screams. Everybody gathers Marina has another flashback and sees when she comes back into the present, the word promise is written across the wall. And yeah, um, not enough is made of that. Like, I don't know if that's because there's the, the they're still trying to gonna like, you know, hide their or, you know, play the cards close to the chest or whatever cliche you want. Um, like, is that physically there? Is it in her head? Like nobody reacts to it being in the room except her. They mention it later, but they not, do. Okay, not I mean, very, I must have like, missed that. Yeah, it's just it's like they're having a conversation, Marina and Alice. Okay, and Alice is saying like, like she's upset that Bryce has been looking at Mercy Black stuff, and she's kind of blaming, you know, Marina. I think is how this is going. All, all I remember is she makes some comment. She's like, and then he's having nightmares and writing things on his walls. I miss that. Okay, that actually helps me a little bit. I was like, how do you not comment on that? Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of a big moment, or it's her in her head. But, like, okay, so it does actually come up. That helps me. Thank you. Yeah, but just kind of very passively. Anyway, um, Will gets murdered by Mercy Black at some point. We see him in his, like, murder true crime room where it's just, like, covered in stuff. 
and um which oh alice i guess saw it when she went over to confront him about the dog and then she's further like oh yeah no you're a you're a creepy crazy person you've got a wall with my sister's picture all over it and all this um, i do like that alice like never falls into like the tropes like you were saying you were expecting that moment where like they don't connect or that there would be like weird competition between the sisters over the guy or something yeah and there's none of that there's none of that like her sister she doesn't necessarily believe all the mercy black stuff but like like as far as like the sister dynamic between the two of them like it seems actually like a good depiction and like a positive depiction of that yeah. relationship I'm yeah, just finding it, the positives here. <laughs> you know, and at some point, Marina is saying, like, I think I should move out because, you know, Bryce is having problems. And the sister's like, no, 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 no. Like, you're not moving out. You need to stay. You know, so, yeah, yeah. It, it was nice that she didn't. Some of the things that I thought were going to happen didn't happen. It was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I forgot. Oh, so um, Will is in his true crime den giving a fake interview, which I thought was actually really funny. I really liked that part where he's doing his fake interview because I, I, there are two kinds of people in this world. People who have done the fake interview for the famous thing they haven't done and nor will they, but have pretended to be on a talk show and people who are lying. Yeah. So I thought it was... <laughs> totally. <laughs> so it was A, funny to see him do that, but also funny because it's relatable. Because everybody's like, everybody's done that at least once. Um, but anyway, he gets murdered by Mercy Black. Um, by what he at first thinks is just the dummy that previously had been crashed through Alice's yeah. front door as, you know, because they found out Marina was home. Um, but no, he gets murdered. Um, Marina starts thinking that she needs to unravel this and find out what really happened and what was her imagination. And she's starting because to she's think it might sure. be real. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's kind of a reoccurring theme in this is like, what is real and what isn't real? <clears throat> and like how do we know the difference between the stories that are told to us and the stories that are true? Mm -hmm. Like, cause one of the running things also is that like Alice lies to Bryce about all the negative things in his life. Yeah. So like she tells her, or he believes that his father works for NASA and right. like in space. And he thinks that their sister has been at like some art school. And so it's kind of, yeah, like that's definitely something I don't know. We can dig into it a little more, what you think of whether or not it's a successful sort of, if the themes for that come together in a successful way, but like, yeah, that's one of the things is like, not only are we unclear if, if our main character is an unreliable narrator, but like, is there such thing as an, I don't know, like, uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but so she decides she needs to start, uh, figuring out what happened that night and what's real and what's not. And so she goes to go find, I cannot remember what the other friend's name is. Oh, Rebecca. Yes, Rebecca. Uh -huh. You're good. So she goes to find Rebecca. She goes to Rebecca's childhood home because she's heard that Rebecca was released before her. And uh, Rebecca's mother answers the phone, or the phone, the door. And is she's, you know, already you can tell that she's a few crayons short, right? Because she's just like, oh my god, it's so good to see you. Why did you guys ever stop talking? Like, it was yeah. just a normal, like, two girls who, like, were best friends in high school and stopped being as close in college, and then one, you know, like, she was, it was, she was not acting I actually thought this was the should've. creepiest and most tense scene of the entire movie. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Because as she go, the mom kind of dips in and out of that, like, hyper-friendly to, like, kind of simmering rage mm -hmm. or like anger and 
frustration. Like, it actually is a little creepy. Um, and you kind of are like, oh, wait, how dangerous is this person? Turns out not dangerous. But it, like, actually, that scene was the most tense of, this, of the entire one for me, is the conversation between her and the mom. Yeah. Uh, so Marina, you know, goes back to see Rebecca, who is, what's the, it's not vegetative. What's the word I'm thinking of? catatonic uh, catatonic she's basically catatonic and her mom like covers her in a sheet because she's like a she bird cage too... yeah because <laughs> she says she gets like too worked up by stuff and you know um so marina's kind of poking around her room and she finds a picture of them as kids and she there's a map to mercy black's house on the back and it's like you know hand drawn and whatever um while marina has been looking at this map and being like oh yeah that's right um rebecca has crawled out of the wheelchair that part was creepy (laughs) (laughs) it was creepy and has started attacking her and i don't remember her saying anything it's just sort of screaming right yeah and then the mom comes in and the mom starts screaming about how you never stop being a mother which might be the implication of mercy black never stops being because remember because marina's whole thing was her mom died and mercy right. black became like anyway, a mother figure maybe kind of i'm thing. connecting dots that aren't there but have I was fun trying i mean to make usually things... that's my jam so welcome to the party <laughs> i was trying to make things fit together i guess yeah. but being like oh maybe i can make this sound like anyway so um Marina leaves with the map, and she goes off to follow it, and she's coming across all these old landmarks that they left as kids, and everything's still exactly where it was, and she finds Mercy Black's house. She finds it still has, somehow has electricity running, I don't know. Well, it's like a fallout shelter, so I'm guessing maybe like solar power? Oh, yeah, maybe. Anyway, so she finds the Mercy Black, which is, it's revealed that it's something that she and Rebecca made out of, you know, clothing and sticks and crow parts Mm because they had to kill a crow and they painted the mask face thing with its blood and then they had to each give it something um as the promise or whatever and they that they both want something from mercy black you know marina wants her mom to be okay and the implication i got was that rebecca wanted her dad to leave her alone or something yeah yeah okay i think she had Um, like an abusive dad situation yeah. yeah So Marina finds the mask and just in a move that, I mean, we probably should all just know that when you're in a creepy dwelling of a monster, don't take parts of it with you, right? Like, (laughs) it's not, it's not a souvenir opportunity. You don't, things, you know, so anyway, she decides to take the mask home to show Bryce to show him that she's not, you know, Mercy Black's not real. It's just something that she and Rebecca made, like literally made out of stuff. Meanwhile, Alice and Bryce are having a time at home. And Alice starts seeing Mercy Black, you know, like Al- Bryce, did I call her Alex? I might have called her. Anyway, Alice comes across <laughs> Bryce talking to the vent in his room and he keeps saying stuff about how like she's in the house and stuff. And Alice is, you know, trying to tell him that it's not real. It's not real. And then stuff starts happening. Doors start opening. Things start appearing in windows. And Alice is thrown off of the second floor so by the time Marina makes it back to the house, she Alice is being taken away to the hospital. Yeah. We did miss one kind of key scene that I want to just quickly bounce is back to. Is it Garofalo? No, it's um, the the friend, the neighborhood kid that, that Bryce oh, doesn't really right. like. It's actually the other scene, standout scene for me is that's right. when they go to the playhouse. Yeah. So Bryce has been having some connections. He goes to the playhouse with his friend. 
and he sets up this elaborate like strangulation contraption with his friend under the guise that they're gonna play a game you know Mm -hmm. and then he starts calling for his mom right because the kid is calling like i don't remember what their last name is but like you know mrs hess hess mrs hess you know because he's realizing like oh this is not this is not a fun game no and bryce is is egging him on being like yeah mom you gotta come in here but as alice is pulling the door it's just choking the boy more yeah and then all of a sudden something snaps in bryce and he like wakes up kind of and starts cutting the rope and lets his mom in and uh it's that moment where you realize that like mercy black is controlling him it's not even so much now like a suggestion where she's telling him like you should do this and he's thinking yeah he's actually kind of losing his you know yeah it's kind of yeah like it's is he getting possessed or under her sway or if like what we're seeing is history of mental illness in the family manifesting in the kid and he's just having like a fugue moment or like a uh disassociative moment or what yeah because i think this at this point it's still unclear whether or not mercy black is a thing or not yeah yeah so it's something he went into he went somewhere else for a minute and his body tried to murder a small child well i guess he wasn't that small but anyway um okay so alice is going to the hospital Janine Garofalo has said she's going to visit, right? Or does Marina call her? I don't remember. Alice had called her and was like, right. And then the cops called and like, yeah, a lot of stuff happened. But she got called by the sister basically and decides to come and investigate. Right. So we're like, oh, this is why Janine Garofalo was in the movie. What's she going to do? Yeah. Right. It's too bad. Too bad that we were still to be. It's too bad we still have the hope alive at this point, I <laughs> <Yes>. guess. <laughs> uh, so Marina gets home. She's staying with Bryce. She shows him the mask, and she's trying to tell him, like, it's just a thing that we made up. It's not real. And then he has a creepy, like, she's already in the house. And then something grabs Alice. Or, no, Marina. Oh, my God. I'm getting so confused by everyone. Uh, so, you know, Marcy Black grabs Marina. Bryce runs out of the house. And the librarian is just already there just standing you know yeah. which is suspicious even though we don't but this know moment where you're like what the fuck <laughs> yeah yeah and so she he runs to her and she's like you're gonna you need to come with me i need to take you somewhere and that's when it's revealed that she's missing the finger on her hand that the girl's head cut yes. off with lily and this is actually kind of a cool thing so like yeah. the, even though this this woman has been present through the entire movie and I don't think we ever heard her name, it never occurred to me that she was the grown version yeah. of that girl. Yeah, I also yeah, no, I actually thought it was really effective too, where it yeah. was enough of a twist to be like, oh, snap. But at the same time, it wasn't like, that feels like it was pulled out of nowhere. Like no. it felt really, I, I was impressed. Yeah. I did like that. It was that. a good twist. Yeah, it was good. Um, So uh, the librarian and Bryce go off into the woods. The librarian is going to take Bryce to Mercy Black's home. And Janine Garofalo shows up to find Marina you know, and Marina's rant, like, it's real, it's real, you need to just believe me. And so they take off into the woods to try to get Bryce back. Um, the librarian and Bryce make it first, right? And then he goes down and he gives his spaceman to Mercy Black. And that's yes. his, like, you know, he's making his deal. That's his promise or whatever. Um, Marina goes down into the shelter after him. The librarian kills Janine Garofalo and... That's the end of that. That's the end of that story. <laughs> um, Marina and Lily, right, is her name, is her uh-huh. actual name, have yep. a, you know, they have a discussion in the basement about how Lily, you know, the worst part was having to live after and that, that she was supposed to kill her. And then 
They had an agreement that she was to be the sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't follow through. And so all the flashbacks that we've had at this point shows all three girls going into the woods. They crack Lily over the head with a rock. They're supposed to stab her. They cut off her finger. They go to, you know, offer her. And Mercy Black supposedly shows up. We don't really see her in the flashbacks. But, you know. um, Yeah, and then in the basements revealed that Lily survived and that the other two girls were in these, you know, psych wards and she just had to grow up and she changed her name and all this business and how she still wants to be the sacrifice and all those because of the promise. Fight ensues. Uh, Bryce runs out. Lily leaves. Marina tries to leave, but the Mercy Black, like, statue thing falls on her. They can, like, we get our, our confrontation where, like, the Mercy Black appears to come alive and she's just like... You have no power over me, end of labyrinth style. Yep. Rips up the mask, spiders come out of its face. <laughs> uh, she makes it out there at the lake where all this occurred the first time. And Lily's still trying to get, you know, she's basically trying to egg Marina on to murder her because she, you know, that will fulfill the promise. And so Marina, she's not going to do it because, you know, she doesn't want to give her, she doesn't want to feed Mercy Black. She says she's already defeated her. She's, you know, whatever. And then Bryce comes out of nowhere and stabs her in the eyeball. End of movie. <laughs> and we find out that he's still controlled by Mercy Black. And then the last shot is zoomed in on the eye, which now is an actual flesh and blood eyeball instead of just a void. Yeah. And then the movie's over. Yeah. He kept his promise. Yep. I mean, I do kind of like that part of the mythology that, like, basically in order to make Mercy Black, like, flesh and blood, you have to, like, actually give her those parts. Is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't quite get that at first, but then, like, the finger and the eye, I was like, oh, okay. So if they make a sequel, we'll be giving her different body parts. I don't think we're going to get a sequel. (laughs) I'm not going to watch it if we do. Yeah, fair enough. So I think it's, I'm guessing, if I were to ask you how you felt about this movie, it would be... Lukewarm. I didn't hate it. Yeah. I'm not mad that I watched it, and I think there are things in it that were really creepy, and there are parts of the story that I liked. I just, you know... It was just okay, I guess. There were just too many things that didn't really connect or right. pay out for it to be something that I would be more excited about. That's you know, fair. like I think you're right. There are a lot of things that kind of start and then kind of don't ever go anywhere. And yeah, you know, things that are mentioned and things that are not mentioned that just don't really, you know, like there wasn't anything that made enough of of a, an impact to make it like mean anything. Right, right, kind right, right, of. Right, right. I do, I do agree with you. I think that is really cool. The idea of Mercy Black that they have to give her the body parts and then that she'll be real. Mm-hmm. But it just, you know, I don't know. It didn't really ever turn into anything. Yeah, real. Though my one shining star remark about this movie: not a single pair of bare human feet. Oh, uh, you're right. Yep. Not Everybody a sleeps single... in socks. Good for them. They got the memo. Even when she's in the bathtub. The feet are underwater. You're right. Yep. No feet. I didn't even yep. think about that. But this I guess is I... a feet-free movie. It is safe. So for the ten feet out trigger. of ten yep. would, would watch again. <laughs> if you are uncomfortable by human feet, this is the movie for you. Nice. All right. Good to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I. I. I feel like I kind of picked a little bit of a dud on this one. Um, I mean, but these you pays your money and you take your chances. You know, like it's fine. Whatever. And I mean, it's like. The dialogue was not as bad as some of the stuff we've Definitely seen. Definitely not. You know? I feel like it's a perfectly competently made movie. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. it's not... There are no moments where you're just, like, rolling your eyes. The issue is that 
I don't know that it just the movie falls a little flat for me. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think it's working from really interesting source material. I think there's a lot of interesting ideas to mine here. I haven't seen Slender Man. I'm guessing, but I've heard this is better than Slender Man. So I mean, like, at least they're elevating that a little bit. I, you know, I like all the ideas that this movie is inspired by, and I can see that there is a good movie here. I like the idea of how modern folklore is created and like the role that in- the internet plays in that. And like, I always like anything about tulpas, which they never say that she's a tulpa, but essentially that's what she is. Um, you know, all the stuff with the backstory of the childhood murder is really interesting. Um, and I think the performances in this are fine across the board. Um, yeah. I think the kid is actually really great. Yeah, uh, especially when he's under the sway of mercy. I think he's actually really creepy and like child actors can make or break a movie like this. And oh, I yeah. think he is really good in it. Um, but to me, actually, I think the standout actor is uh, Lee Eddy, who plays the librarian Lily, whatever, mm-hmm. because she has a little bit of like an Anne Dowd vibe to her. She has like kind of that same sort of maternal energy that like feels safe, but is actually totally a trap. Yeah. So, like, whenever Ann Dowd shows up, you, like, want to like her, but, like, you know she's actually really dangerous. Like, she was really scary and hereditary. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the, her in Hereditary? Yeah. Okay, so, like, I feel like this, the person who plays the librarian, Lee Eddy, has that same kind of vibe to her. And I yeah. thought she played that well, and that she feel very safe with her at first, and so when the turn happens, you're like, oh, no, all of that artifice is, like, how, that's, like... That's the mask, right? So I like that. Um, but I think probably the biggest problem with this issue, this movie is like in the direction. Like it doesn't have, it's very flat. Like there isn't a lot of style to this movie. Like it's very competently made. Like you can, you know, like it's, it's, but it's very, like I don't feel like you feel like there's a directorial voice in this movie. Like yeah. we never use camera angles to create tension or to like add nuance to a performance by like giving us information about the character's state of mind or something like it's just very very it's just very competently made yeah it's fine it's not bad but like what ends up happening is that the movie it feels like they like it, it makes the movie less dynamic fine in the middle i found myself just really dipping out of the movie um, the final act I felt like kind of compensated. Like, I did actually enjoy the final act and I was interested to see where it was going to go. And like, I liked kind of the fucked up ending. I always like that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but I just, I felt like it was just so understated that it kind of felt dull. Yeah. I think I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thematically, I was kind of into this movie, you know, like I liked the idea of like how we as people take like our fear and our pain and manifest things from it like not necessarily um like a you know witch tulpa but like actions are manifested out of those things like this week we're like going to iraq with a a war with iran because of you know fear and and fear mongering and like and misinformation on the internet and like perpetuating and like those ideas and how you know, there's like real world costs to that kind of behavior. 
like this is a supernatural take on that idea but that's something that's very present in modern life um, yeah mm-hmm. so that was interesting um and i and i thought the the monster like the the mythology of mercy was kind of cool and interesting like the all the little rhymes about like the house you can't find and the books yeah. you can't read that kind of stuff like those kind of falls on like old witchcraft tropes that are interesting I feel like there is a good movie in this movie, but I don't know that it, I totally like. I, I feel like it needed to be like paced up or something. Yeah, or like, it needed to do something, you know, a little bit more innovative, even if it's just in the, the you know, like shots you were talking about, like camera angles and stuff or something. But yeah. this is just very like, yeah, it's very kind of by the books. Yeah, like made a movie. Yeah, it it's made, definitely better than some of the stuff we've seen. Oh, for sure. You know, for, it's not poorly made. I guess maybe, you know what it is, is it's not, like, it feels so competently made that you can't be like, oh, I need to give you leverage for, like, sort of the amateurishness of this. Like, that, like, when something's amateurish, you can see, like, the effort going into it, and you're like, oh, you change your, your rubric of how you feel about something. Yeah. Or is this, like, the person clearly knew what they were doing, and but it but it didn't have any flourish. Like, yeah. it was kind of just sort of flat. Um, it made me, honestly, what it made me do is made me want to go back and finish watching Channel Zero. I don't know what that is. Did you not watch any of Channel Zero? Uh-uh. I don't <gasps> know what that is. Oh, you would love it. It was on, it was on Sci-Fi. There's four seasons of it. And they're based, they're, they're each season, it's an anthology series, and they're all based on different creepypastas. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember you talking to me about this. I haven't seen it, but I do know what you're talking about now. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's kind of it for, for my feelings. Any other feelings for you? Nope. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I agree. It wasn't awful. It wasn't no, terrible. It just not, wasn't no, it was not stellar awful. either. It was, it was almost too good for its own good. It wasn't good enough, but it's too good for its own good, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. If you were going to watch this movie again, if you were going to watch this movie, you need to get through this movie a second time. What would you pair with it? What's your sommelier choice for this movie? Um, so just based off of the title, I would have to just go with Jaeger because it's Jaeger. Oh, I see. It's black and it has, I mean, there are all sorts of, if you want to call them urban legends surrounding Jaeger where people are like, oh, I was at this party and we took all these shots of Jaeger (laughs) and then like, Scotty punched through a window, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It is quite the urban, it's like an urban legend machine. Yeah. I mean, any story that starts with, we were drinking Jaeger is not ever going to end with, and then we took a cab home and got Taco Bell on the way. Can I just tell you, immediately when you said Jaeger, my head filled with all the bad decisions that I made whilst under its influence. Uh Uh-huh. Like, That's why I picked it, because it's the Mercy Black of the alcohols. It's so, it, like, three different stories, all of them involving Jaeger, immediately came to mind. <laughs> Especially when I discovered Jaeger bombs, which are, have you ever had one? Oh, yeah. They yeah. are a bad decision inside a bad decision that leads to bad decisions. It's a bad decision that comes with the energy to fulfill all of your bad decision dreams. Yeah, but they are fun. God damn it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So feedback. We did not get any this week, unfortunately. Um, but we do love to hear from you and we would love if we, did we get it wrong? Did we actually miss like really important things in this movie and it's actually amazing or does, is there a version of this movie out there that's even better that we do need to see? Because I do feel like there, there, there's something to mind, some ideas in this that need to be mined. Um, let us know. You can email us at rachel at zombiegirls.com or you can hit us up on the Facebook where we're all creeping around on the Zombie Girls Facebook page. So leave us a message or uh, there. 
Uh, speaking of feedback, guess what I just watched the other day? What? Uh, Snow Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> How did it go? It, you know, I... <laughs> Maybe it was the White Claw, maybe it was the Truly, but it wasn't as bad as I remembered it being. Was it fun? Yeah, but I actually had fun watching well, it again. I mean, then. I only watched it the one time after it showed up in the mail. For anyone who has not heard the story, the beginning of this series, I mentioned that I have a strange... I, I strangely love uh, snow dog or sled dog movies, and I don't know why. And so I was just was like on this mission to own all these snow dog or sled dog movies. And I was sharing about how Drunk Mars went on and ordered a bunch, and how I kept being like, please don't be snow dogs, please don't be snow dogs, please don't be snow dogs. And it wasn't. And then a listener sent me a copy of Snow Dogs. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, I can attest to your love of snow dog movies because what did we do when we hung out? We watched a snow dog movie. That's true. Like our Portland trip would not have been complete without like a viewing. I, you, Everyone in the room was dumbstruck when I said I had never seen Balto. And they were like, oh, well, we're watching it right now. <laughs> And we did. We got real drunk and watched Balto, and it was real fun. <laughs> we also just needed to heal emotionally from the B-movie. <laughs> Dude, the B-movie. That is a troubling movie. It's funny, because, again, I put it on just because I didn't realize nobody else had seen it. And I was like, this is a thing that, you know. And then slowly you all just kind of, like, filtered silently into the room and just stared at it. Like, what is this? But you know what? Like, it's one of my favorite memories from that weekend. <laughs> so fucking weird the fa my favorite thing about that movie is if you try to explain the plot to someone who's never seen it they're gonna they're not gonna believe you they're gonna think that you're making it up and I it's know. like no it's someone else made this up and turned it into a movie all i'm doing is relaying i'm just relaying the information i'm not describing like a dream i had after i ate too it much cheese it seems like a dream because it makes yeah. absolutely no sense and like it starts in one place and goes somewhere else and you're like what and the whole what? time, it's Jerry Seinfeld's voice doing all this. And not even, like, Jerry Seinfeld playing a character. It's just Jerry Seinfeld playing Jerry Seinfeld, but coming from the body of a bee. Romancing a lady. Like, it's so <laughs> weird. It's so weird. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if you have some thoughts on B-Movie, you can also send us <laughs> an email. Well, we welcome all B-Movie commentary. And if you haven't seen it, I do suggest you watch it. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, preferably with friends because you're going to need someone who can also and also your experience. With, and with drink. Yeah, I don't that know that it. a sober B movie experience would be the well, same. Well, we were sober. Well, you might not have been. You were on painkillers, I think. Uh, yeah. The rest of us hadn't started. I started yet. drinking because I was like, I gotta stop. This has got to stop. So, yeah. No, <sighs> we the rest of us were sober. Oh my god, and, how yeah. was that experience? <laughs> I mean, it felt like we were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of lifelong memories. What are we watching for the next episode? Because, Marzi, you're up. So, following, apparently, our trend of watching movies that are, like, you know, young person urban legends and games that Mars didn't play in middle school, uh, I want to pick a movie called Seven in Heaven, where, that's, I've never seen it, but the description just says, you know, a, a group of kids, or possibly two, I don't know, some, a, a number of high school kids, I believe, go through a door, and when they come back out, it's an alternate reality. Okay, I'm into it. Let's do it. Which, but, I mean, you know how I feel about alternate reality movies. I do love them. I do, oh, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at this. Ooh, the box looks creepy. All yeah. right. And so are they playing Seven Minutes in Heaven? Is that how this all begins? 
I, I'm not sure. It just says two teenagers step into a secret closet and emerge in a terrifying alternate oh, reality. Oh, yes. Oh, I am so in. Yes, that sounds good. Yeah. That sounds like my jam right there. Yes. What What was it that um, Truth or Dare was lit? Games of Death. Yes. So this is this is not tagged Games of Death, but mm. it's in. it runs in the Games of Death and alternate reality themes that I tend to like. So, well, I guess we'll have to find out if there's a dude in the walls for you, but... I- I mean, so far, it's checking you, off a couple of my boxes. Right? That would be the trifecta, right? If, they, like, if they're sitting at a dinner table and someone comes out of a wall, we are gold! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Seven in heaven. Done. So, yeah. So that was Mercy Black. Everybody would love to hear from you. Send us a message. Next time we get together, we're going to be reviewing Seven in Heaven. Mars, take us out! So thanks for coming back. Watch Seven in Heaven and... Uh... And then we'll talk about it. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. The issue now is that I have a vacuum full of gnats that I don't know what to, because I can't. Can you go outside and just like open your vacuum and like let nature take its course? I might have to do that. I mean, like, I remember in the past where I've had to use the vacuum cleaner to kill a spider, and the, and the vacuum cleaner just lived outside. <laughs> <laughs> becomes your, your Dybbuk box. You're like, don't it, touch it, that. It is 100% a Dybbuk box. <laughs> like, once, it, yeah, once, I feel like it goes in there, it grows, and if it survives, it grows in power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and anger. And anger. Mm. Oh, man. Although the, the Mandela effect that has hurt me the most personally was the Gordon's fish fisherman. You know what I'm talking about? The, yeah. Well, it's actually Gorton's with a yeah. D. Yeah. And I, I very strongly remember it being D. So yeah. that one was a shocking, a shocking moment. It's, uh, I don't know. There are a lot of things in this universe we will never know, but one of them is why do I remember a movie where Sinbad played a genie? Why do I have to carry that memory with me? <laughs> <laughs>